Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix back here for another episode on the code. And uh, again, I really appreciate your time popping on here. However, you're tuning into this podcast, whether it's just audio or the video version. Once we get that up on YouTube, I uh, I really appreciate you guys for jumping in here. And man, I am fired up for this one, you guys. I am basically going to be sharing a story of uh, the visit that I just had with a client yesterday. And, you know, we're not going to say any identifying things about this woman that we had the opportunity to work with. I'm going to be using the name Sarah for this episode. Her her name is not Sarah. And, um, but yeah, let's just get into it. And the theme here is going to be, you know, why, why am I so passionate and why is our team structured the way that it is? Why is our clinic at Physio Room structured the way that it is so that we get to operate in this realm of what we call cash-based physical therapy, or I don't even always like to use the term cash-based because the finances are just, you know, it is what it is. We we are of a performance-based clinic. Okay. You guys, we have a performance-based rehab facility and um, yeah, it just allows us to do things and to be able to operate and function with clients a way that we would not be able to do if we were operating the same as a traditional physical therapy clinic where we just directly build to the insurance companies where we had what was called in-network care. Uh, instead, we have what's called out-of-network care, meaning that it doesn't mean that we don't work with insurance companies, but what it does mean is that we don't contract with them to accept the rates or accept the, the value that they say that our services are worth. Being out-of-network allows us to determine what our prices are based on the market, based on you know how we're working with clients, and it allows us to communicate directly to the individuals that we are working with. And if they feel and believe that our services are worth what we're charging, they choose to come in and see us. And um, the fact of the matter is, our clinic schedules are relatively full. We've just brought on a couple staff members and um, their schedules are nearly like 75 to 80% full. And they've not even been on our team for two months. And the people that we get the opportunity to work with day in and day out are just, you know, they're so bought into what's going on because we're able to provide them with a level of care that they have not been able to get at other places. And that's the story of this woman that uh, we'll call her Sarah, like I said, that I had the opportunity to work with. So I met Sarah over a year ago at a running store here in town in the um, south suburbs of Denver and did a brief fitness assessment with her, kind of assessed a few things. She was training for some races. She's kind of been banged up on and off throughout her adult running time, adult running career. And she's sort of just tired of getting hurt. So we ran into each other at the running store. And then fast forward about a year, now she's in our office. So she was running a half marathon in another state and 
about 10 or so days beforehand, started having some knee pain. Didn't really think she did anything in particular. Didn't really know why she was having knee pain, but it was hindering her training. And she uh, she decided she's going to run the race anyways. And at mile 11 out of the 13.1, she just started having sharp stabbing knee pain. She essentially like hobbled her way through the rest of the race. And then when she got back to town, ended up going to see her physician. And I'll fast forward the story here for you guys. This woman ended up having a meniscus repair on her right knee. And, um, you know, she, there was reason to believe from her imaging that she had some other things going on, uh, potentially even a bone bruise or a bone uh, fracture there in her knee. So they decided to put her non-weight bearing before the surgery and after the surgery so that that meniscus and that potential bone injury, that fracture inside the knee could heal. And um, then she started physical therapy at another facility here in town. And uh, we're not going to use any names or anything like that. But for the purposes of this story, it was a traditional physical therapy clinic, more in-network style, where the therapists are working with more than one client generally at the same time. And, um, you know, kind of running through a pretty standard routine of exercises. So, for example, one person comes in with a meniscus tear, another potentially very different individual comes in with a very similar scenario. Maybe they have a meniscus tear and had surgery. Even though those two people are very different, they might look different in terms of, you know, what their body is like, whether their age is different, what their goals are might be very different. In most traditional physical therapy clinics, those two people are still going to get virtually the exact same exercises. And what I'm not saying is that just on the surface, that that's a bad thing. Because, yeah, if one person has knee pain and another person has knee pain, there probably will be some overlap in what they do. However, the exercises and the things that the client is doing and why they're doing them has to be unique to that individual because they have a different set of circumstances, right? Those two people are very different and their program should likely be different. So even though there might be some overlap in the things that they do, you know, if we were working with those individuals, we would see that those similarities would start to spread apart the longer and longer we're working with that person. Okay, so hopefully that makes sense. If not, all my contact information is in the show notes. Please use it and uh, I'd be happy to chat with you about your situation if uh, you do have any questions. All right, so it's, uh, you know, it's early August. This woman had this meniscus repair back in April, mid to early April um, of this year. So we're closing in on four months post-op and she's been going to physical therapy. And unfortunately, she's still having a lot of knee pain. Her, you know, knee continues to be very swollen. And she's having pain with uh, the activities such as squats or single leg leg press was one of the things she mentioned in the physical therapy clinic she's been going to. And um, so she's just seeking out an alternative. She wants to go somewhere else because she's just not getting the results and the outcomes that she's looking for. So she finds her way back into our clinic based on that running into each other at the running store uh, about a year ago. and. Um, you know, she comes into the office, I'm doing an assessment. And, and what I'm not about to say, what I'm about to say is not patting myself on the back for being some miraculous physical therapist or anything like that. First off, anyone in our clinic probably would have taken a very similar approach to me. And any one of a number of really high quality physical therapists that I know probably would have approached 
this scenario the exact same way that I did. So what I'm definitely not saying is that, you know, I have skills or knowledge that is light years beyond other people. But the nature of the way that we get to work with clients in our office provides us with an opportunity to do things that you just can't do in the traditional setting because you don't have the time. So in this out-of-network, cash-based side of the field, we have the time to give people an experience that they don't have the ability to get other places. And that's just a fact. Okay, so there are really good therapists working in clinics and in a setting that doesn't allow them to truly express the full capacity of their abilities and doesn't allow them to work with people the same way that we get the opportunity to do. And yesterday was a great example of that. So this woman comes in and I start asking her a bunch of questions. I learned in her telling me her story about the surgery that she had. We reviewed her MRI that she had before the surgery. I learned that She's been on and off injured like every six months in her running journey, and she's tired of it. Uh, I learned that she sometimes swims. She sometimes cycles. She typically does not do any other type of cross training, like no resistance training or no other things. She does do classes sometimes at a local fitness facility, more of like a hit style class that involves a lot of running and uh, rowing. And then she's had a surgery on the same leg. Um, on her ankle area. And, you know, she was a little unsure exactly what she had surgery on. She told me it was a tendon down on the inside of her ankle based on how she presented. I assumed that that was probably a tendon called her posterior tibialis tendon, just based on the way she, where her incision was, where the scar was, um, how her function was in the, in the office. And I'm going to try to figure that out, like try to figure out what surgeon did that. And just, just to confirm that that's my hunch based on what she was telling me. So anyways, we start assessing things. And what I let her know was, you know, Hey, Sarah, I appreciate that you had this meniscus injury. You had this meniscus surgery repair. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to do an assessment and we're going to try to figure out why you're still having knee pain. We're not going to treat the fact that you had a meniscus repair, we're going to treat you and we're going to look for things that are appropriate for us to treat because what we don't treat is the meniscus, right? We're going to treat impairments that we find, joints that we find don't move the way we want them to, muscles that we find are not as strong as how they should be, tissue that doesn't quite feel the way that a healthy, normal tissue should feel, like if it feels gritty or knotted up or you know, when you run your hand along someone's quad, if it starts to make like a twitching feeling or a spasm, that's not what we would call normal tissue. These are the things that we treat in order to address the symptoms of knee pain that she's having. So one of the things that we started to look at as we ran through an assessment of her whole body, not just of her knee. And first off, that was an extreme difference for her. She had been to physical therapy in the past. She had had been going to a a recent physical therapy office after this knee surgery, nobody that she had seen in the past had looked at her above the waist, right? No one had looked at her thoracic spine. Nobody had looked at her shoulder. And unfortunately, and this was the part that really surprised me, and quite frankly, you guys really pissed me off. We looked at her ankle mobility in this office. And I just got done telling you a few minutes ago that 
any one of a number of high quality physical therapists that I know would have done the same thing that I'm about to tell you that I did. But unfortunately, that wasn't the experience she had in her previous rounds of physical therapy for this knee. We looked at her ankle mobility, and I decided to do that in what we call a closed chain knee to wall test. So that means she was standing, we had her foot flat on the ground, and a couple things we don't allow you to do during this test is we don't want your heel to lift up off the floor, we don't want your foot or your ankle to cave inward, okay? So imagine you have your toe up against a wall and you're going to bring your knee forward, keeping your foot flat on the floor until your knee touches the wall. And then what you're going to do is gradually scoot your way back away from that wall and you're gonna redo that, bring the knee forward, tap your knee to the wall, trying to see how big of a distance you can get from your knee, or excuse me, from your toe away from the wall and what is that space? And then we compare it from the left side to the right side. This is what we call closed chain ankle dorsiflexion, or your ability to bring your knee and your shin over your foot um, in a position when your foot's on the ground. So we start doing this test and we test it on her left side first because the right side was the one that she had the surgery on. And surprising to me, she got like four and a half inches away on the left side, which is a pretty darn good measurement. Um, you know, normal motion in this is about five inches. Now we don't usually see five inches for most people, but, uh, I was surprised that she, she got four and a half and, uh, I let her know, Hey, this is really good. So let's see what your other side is. And she brings her right toe up to the wall and we start to test. And it's pretty apparent even when her toe is touching the wall and she does that very first one, that uh, that this joint is her right ankle is just a little stiffer. There's no way she's going to make it four and a half inches. So she starts scooting back, scooting back. And when she gets about one and a half inches away from the uh, from the wall, her heel is lifting up. She cannot go any farther, right, without her foot really starting to cave in or with her heel lifting up. What's up, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix here from The Code. And I want to encourage you to check out our friends at Flux Footwear. The only shoe with an adaptive sole that moves and flexes with you. Since I got my first pair, they've been one of my favorite shoes to wear no matter what activity I'm doing throughout the day. If you're looking for a shoe that can keep up with you're going to the gym, to the office, traveling, or just catching a coffee date, you're looking for Flux. Visit the link in the show notes or check out my Instagram to get 10% off and pick up your pair today. So picture that again, you guys. She has four and a half inches of closed chain dorsiflexion, ankle mobility on the left side, and one and a half inches on the right side, a three inch difference. Now, why that's such a significant thing is most people, when we do this test in the office, are lucky to even get three inches in the first place, let alone this woman has a three inch difference between her two sides. And mind you, she's not in our office for ankle pain, she's in our office knee pain after she's been unsatisfied with the results that she's getting at a different physical therapy clinic. And then she tells me, nobody has ever looked at my ankle before. And, you know, I sort of asked her, I'm like, well, you know, what did they do? And she pretty much told me everyone's just been looking at her knee, giving her knee exercises to strengthen her quad, for example. And uh, this office, this appointment was the first time somebody looked at her ankle. And, you know, I was frustrated. I was 
proud, proud that we, we were right. Um, proud that we had the time to be able to assess this woman the way that she needs to be assessed to address the things that need to be addressed. And like I said, this, you know, whole conversation, this is not a tearing down of the other physical therapist. I don't know who they are. This is a tearing down in a, you know, announcement of the system is not set up for the clients nor the providers to have success. The system does not allow adequate time to be able to provide the patient with an experience that they should be getting, right? So anyways, we look at her ankle mobility. I tell her, hey, we're going to need to really address this because this is a massive difference. And this is potentially a reason that you even tore this meniscus and developed this arthritis in your knee in the first place. And that was the first time she had heard something like that. You guys, she did not have an acute injury when she tore this meniscus. It just started hurting her. She didn't like, you know, she wasn't playing soccer and twisted up her knee or anything like that. This is an adult woman who's just been running for years, endurance running, um, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, you get the picture. And um, that's not typically a way that you just tear your meniscus. She's got arthritis in two out of the three compartments of her knee. That didn't happen overnight, right? That's not the way that that works. It's not the way the body body works. And um, so I sort of explained that whole process to her. And um, so she told me she just had her follow-up appointment with, uh, with her physician, the, the orthopedic, the one that did the surgery for her. And you know, she had let him know, hey, I feel like my knee is more swollen uh, now than it was a few months ago, right after the surgery. Um, you know, it's the things I'm doing in physical therapy are challenging. They have me doing this single leg leg press, doing squats. And um, some of these things are bothering me. And she said in that couple minute appointment that she follow up that she just had with the ortho, that there was no assessment of her knee. There was no hands-on testing. There was no functional testing that, that they had her do, maybe besides just watching her walk. Really, just by looking at her knee, seeing that it was swollen and maybe not quite healing or looking to the point that they wanted it to, uh, that the physician told her, well, you shouldn't do those things. Uh, don't do the leg press and, and don't, don't do squats. Just cycle. I just want you to ride the bike. And so she's telling me this and, you know, not knowing this physician personally, but just understanding how the body works, understanding that this woman wants to get back to running, understanding that she has a job where she's on her feet all day. She's a veterinarian. She needs to squat down to work with animals in the clinic. And um, she has several pets at home that, you know, if she wants to pick one of those up, she has to get down to do so. I basically told her that is a bunch of BS. You are almost four months out from your meniscus repair. There is no reason that we should be telling you to avoid squats or to avoid using a leg press machine. And then I explained to her that where you place your foot and the fact that you have a huge ankle mobility difference could be a significant part of the reason why when you're using that leg press or when you're doing squats, that that is causing you knee pain. When we lack motion in our ankle, when we take steps, when we do squats, when we go down the stairs, et cetera, and we can't dissipate that force or that motion through the ankle, it transfers more of the load up to the next joint, the knee in this case, right? 
So if you imagine my right ankle is really stiff and my left one moves better, my right and my left leg are going to have different effects of the forces that are placed on them. So um, I sort of walked her through this process and then we continued to look at different things and found, and this wasn't surprising because she told me most of the activities that she does are straight line, swimming, biking, running. Uh, she is so, so weak through her hips, particularly in a lateral fashion, like the ability for her to resist force in her hips. When I try to push her leg down, she's lying on her side, raising her leg up and I'm pushing her leg down. It was very easy for me to do that, even on both sides, but particularly on that right side, the side that she had surgery on. Now, you know, everyone that understands running and walking um, from a mechanic standpoint, we need that strength on the outside of our hips to be able to control our pelvis from side to side when we are trying to move forward, right? And when we have uncontrolled motion in a rotational or in a frontal plane, that side to side movement, when we are trying to go sagittally forward, like forward and back, um, that's when we start getting abnormal wear and tear and shear on joints or pulls and, you know, tension on different muscles and tendons. So, you know, Go back to the point where we talked about her having that potentially posterior tibialis tendon repaired. Now she has this massive ankle mobility limitation that's probably been there for years. She told me the surgery was years ago, right? And she had not been doing anything necessarily to try and improve her ankle mobility because she never was directed by anybody to do that. And then we have you know, the ortho, somebody who typically from a client's view is highly regarded, highly respected, is telling her to avoid squats, to avoid leg presses. When, like I said, her goal is to get back to running. She's four months post-op. She needs to get up and down out of chairs, in and out of her car. She needs to get down low with dogs and cats. And like, she's a veterinarian. How is she going to be able to do her job if we tell her she can't squat? And there's no tissue reason why at a point four months post-op from a meniscus repair, we shouldn't be able to, with sound mechanics, do squats at least through a partial range of motion. So I just got really fired up, you guys, as you can tell by this uh, appointment, because it did not feel like to me that I was doing anything miraculous or anything groundbreaking. I literally was looking at just like basic stuff that any good provider would look at when they have the time to do so. But if you go to a physical therapy clinic where the therapist is working with two, three, four, six clients at one time, that does happen. I've done that before in the past. I've worked with six clients at one time in a previous life. I'm very happy to say I don't do that anymore. And you see the therapist for like five to 15 minutes in a given session they don't have the time to give you to be able to really pull back the layers of the onion to really see what's going on. When you go see a physician who doesn't really understand, you know, your goals, your job, the things that you need to do, and tells you just to ride the bike to fully rehab your knee surgery, that's just not going to cut it, you guys. That's just not going to be sufficient to get this woman back to the things that she wants to do. She's four months post-op. We can't just ride the bike. It's just crazy to me. And, you know, I was almost at like a loss of words and I just kind of chuckled and I said, you know what? You're in the right place. 
we're going to help you get back to the things that you want to do. And she said, wow, this is great because, you know, I've been banged up every six months, it seems like, and I'm just tired of being hurt. And I've been to a lot of physical therapy in the past, and I've never really found anyone who's been able to help me work on prevention and like prevention of injuries. I just go in there, I get treated for the thing I'm dealing with, and then I'm done. And, uh, and I said, we're going to do everything we can to get your knee feeling better. We're going to address these other things along the way in the process to help us do that. And then we're going to work on getting you stronger and getting you more resilient so that you can get back to training without dealing with those constant injuries. It's going to require some changes to your normal routine, right? We need to get you doing things other than just biking, running, swimming, and um, really working on the whole picture, being able to move in multiple directions. But we're going to take one step each time you come in to try and get there. Okay. So, um, again, you know, I just wanted to basically hop on here, do this episode to really talk about the difference between when you're in an office that has a, a setup, you know, the system is designed to help you get back to the activities and the performance of the things that you need and want to be able to do compared to you know, the way the traditional healthcare system is set up. And we're seeing a huge shift right now, you guys. Providers like myself, like our team at Physio Room and many other practices across the country are getting out of the traditional healthcare model because we know as well as you listening to this that it's just not working. There's almost no office, or excuse me, there's almost no um, profession in the traditional healthcare model here in the United States that is set up for preventing issues from happening in the first place, it's not proactive. It's very reactive, right? You're sick, you go to the doctor, you get a prescription. You have pain, you go to the doctor, you get a prescription. You have high blood pressure, you go to the doctor, you get a prescription to lower your blood pressure. There's no talk about addressing the root causes of why you have that symptom high blood pressure, and then doing the things necessary to change your lifestyle, your habits, your stress, to change the fact that you have high blood pressure instead of just giving you a medication to address the symptoms and change the number, right? The number is a symptom. It's not the root cause. The root cause is something else that's going on. Knee pain is a symptom. We don't treat like, we don't treat the symptom. We want to get the symptom to improve but you don't do that by treating the symptom. You do that by addressing the root causes of why that's even there in the first place. And then when you can accomplish that, you work on preventing that damn thing from getting uh, becoming an issue again. You work on getting it better long-term. And that's just not the way that, that most medical offices run. So if you want to save time by bouncing around from one office to another, if you want to save time by not going to two or three physical therapy appointments a week where your therapist is working with three clients at once and you're being shuttled off to an aide or a tech who probably doesn't understand anything about movement and exercise. If you know you want to be able to do the activities that you want to do and not be told just get on the bike and that's going to be sufficient enough to rehab your knee or just go walk and your hip replacement will get better. I hear that one all the time. Um, Go find yourself a performance-based provider, whether that's a physical therapist or a chiropractor that's really skilled in movement um, and prescribing of exercises, 
or a really, really, really high quality personal trainer who has more than the bare minimum level of education necessary to get a personal training certificate, um, go find somebody like this. And if you don't know who or where one might be, reach out to us. I can help you find one. We know people all across the country. Uh, we do virtual work with people. And find yourself a provider that's going to give you the time to listen to the things that are going on and really do a thorough assessment so they can figure out what should we be working on with you and aren't like are not going to stop until they help you find some answers and find some solutions and you know not be too proud to reassess things and try different things if if what you're starting with is not working so you know if you want to break out of you know how the traditional healthcare system is you got to make some changes you got to go check out a different office or ask more questions and try and find some different answers and um you know come check us out at physio room and we'll give you a different experience than you've probably got anywhere else so again i really appreciate your guys' time hopping on here listening to this podcast i could talk about this all day um i'm very passionate about it as you can see so Please, if you enjoyed anything that we talked about here, if you've enjoyed other episodes on this show, man, a review would be amazing on Apple or Spotify or wherever it is. Go hop on there, leave us a review, ask us some questions, and uh, we'll try and get a podcast episode out on those things if you do have them, okay? Have an awesome rest of your day, and we'll catch you on the next episode of The Code.